Hey, and welcome to another episode of Liberty's Lantern. This week we're going to be talking about terrorism. Hey, and we are going to be addressing a lot of things. We're going to be talking about a lot of different terminology, uh, and I want you to make up your own opinion about it. Very important here. Uh, we are talking about liberty, and we are talking about how our government can positively or negatively impact terrorism in the modern world. And, uh, yeah, let's see how this conversation goes. Thank you for tuning in for another Liberty's Lantern. Like I said before, we are going to be talking about terrorism today. And there are a lot of things to talk about on terrorism. It is a very complex topic and one that has a lot of emotion behind it. So what is terrorism? Terrorism is uh, a, an individual or a group of individuals that is trying to make a political change, either short term or long term. Uh, and they are going to use either physical violence, uh, uh, intimidation threats, or cyber uh, violence to make sure that their point is brought across. It's a really basic version of what terrorism is, but I think it pretty much encapsulates everything. The unfortunate thing is that there are a lot of different types of terrorism out there, and there are a lot of misconceptions about which terrorism is which terrorism and what causes each form of terrorism because they are actually from very different sources. Up until 9-11, uh, we had what was considered or what our counterintelligence calls old terrorism. Old terrorism are individuals who have a specific single goal or a single outcome that they're looking to affect. Either somebody's been taken hostage, there's a new policy that is causing these people to be disadvantaged, uh, or something like that. So this is also something that is relatively easy in short terms. These are very short-term terrorist organizations. Like I said, they're single issue. So when the United States had always acted with these types of terrorist uh, individuals, it was very easy to kind of ignore them because once the issue was resolved or they couldn't make a positive change, they would predominantly go away. And this is where the entire stance on terrorism in the United States had been up until 9-11. Then you have new terrorism. New terrorism is a much more structured organization of individuals who have long-term political goals. They want to take over the government. They want to replace the government. They want to have a religious or ideological shift of government. And this is a much more difficult type of terrorism to actually combat. And to actually consider these both the same is actually kind of a misnomer. But unfortunately, due to current lexicon and terminology, we lump them together because of how they get their message and their point across. So this is actually where the problem comes in from and where it stems. 
So we had been dealing with these old world terrorists and these old, uh, old forms of terrorism, and we were doing actually quite successfully. And then all of a sudden, 9-11 happened. Well, it had been brewing for a while, but it actually had come to a head at that point. We all know what 9-11 was. We don't have to need to go into it and, and, you know, we can just refer to it. You had the birth of Al-Qaeda. And Al-Qaeda was an organization that was actually the creation of the United States and United States foreign policy, in particular, dealing with the Soviet Union. Al-Qaeda was an organization that was radicalized. They, didn't, they were not pro-democracy, but they were vehemently anti-communist. We gave them training, we gave them weapons, uh, we gave them a lot of different supplies, all for them to fight the communists. Now, in a post-Soviet post Russia world, their number one foe had been defeated, and now they turned inwards. This was an unexpected turn of events. This unexpected turn of events caused them to feel that they should be in power and that the country actually owes them for their own, the country's sovereignty. Well, with that being, uh, with that occurring, they continued to grow in power within their own nation. However, they were unable to successfully take over their own nation, i.e. Afghanistan, Pakistan, and other surrounding areas in the, area, in the region. You had key players, and such as Osama bin Laden, and other individuals, and I'll list them off and take an hour, but it's completely pointless, their names. These individuals, uh, having this new type of terrorist organization, and terrorist training camps, and, and new methodology and, and tactics, is what changed the entire face of terrorism. So we've kind of created our own worst enemy. Well, to further compound the issue, uh, in the 80s, 90s, and up until uh, pre or the entire pre-9-11 era, counter-terrorism um, organizations would say that we had a modified soft power presence. Modified soft power presence is basically that we are hands off. However, we're trying to guide or to dictate the reaction. Uh, in a post 9-11 world, we are now a hard, um, uh, hard reaction system in a counterintelligence world. So we have boots on the ground, we have bombers in the air, and we're actually going after these people. So I guess the number one question is what creates a terrorist? Now a lot of advocates for a hard position on terrorism will say that it's an economic issue. Uh, these people are uh, in extreme poverty, and they have to react. Well, in a way they're correct, and in a way they're wrong. The fact that uh, a large amount of these terrorists come from impoverished regions of their own countries is a very true fact. The misnomer on this is that if left to their own devices, 
they would actually be more concerned about providing for themselves and their family or their villages if they're a more communal society. So they wouldn't have time for terrorism. They wouldn't have the ability to, to, to commit terror. However, because they are impoverished, they do tend to be marginalized by their own governments. This marginalization is what is the call to action. They are either overly taxed, they are given restrictions on what lands they can farm uh, or herd their cattle on. They're not given a voice in their government. And because of this, they become marginalized and now they feel like they're boxed in a corner and the only reaction that they have is violence, which is a huge problem. So we now create a hard, hard reaction. Well, this hard reaction now also has the secondary unintended effect of driving more people to terrorism because now they aren't worried about just surviving off what meager ability they have off the land, but now they also have to worry about the West bombing them getting involved in their lives, uh, and they strike back in the only way that they know how, and the only way that we allow them to, which is, again, violence. So it's a never-ending cycle, is the unfortunate aspect. So we can now kind of discount hard reaction. Now, I'm not saying that every single instance of hard reaction is invalid. There are instances where a hard reaction has been known to work, especially in the case of uh, Osama bin Laden, where you have a clear defined leader, where you have a morphic structure like you have in ISIL, a hard line will not work. Their entire recruitment ability is based on the fact that we, the United States, and our allies are making the lives of their surrounding populations inhabitable. So they're using our violence as a recruiting technique, which is creating more terrorism, which then in turn creates a stronger response from us and a never escalating cycle. Well, if I take a quick look over here, we can take a look at how terrorism has grown over the last 30 plus years. Well, you see in the 1980s and the 1990s, and like I was saying before, that's where the old terrorist really reigned. You have the creation of new terrorism, and then you start seeing a spike. Well, after you had the initial takedown of Al-Qaeda, you see that terrorism kind of, in 2009, almost returned back to normal levels. Well, here's where the problem exists. Our reaction and our involvement in that area didn't cease at that point and broke a new boiling point. This new boiling point took about three years to come to fruition, and in 2013, is when we instituted a formalized new counter-terrorism strategy that was drone-operated, 
and that was even more violent. And all of a sudden, within the next two years, you had a proportionary reaction to it. Now, so we currently have almost a runaway terrorism problem. Well, what are we going to do about that? And that's a really difficult question for everyone. And one that we need to really start to address. Because if we don't change our policies, we're going to continuously see this ebb and flow. And it's going to constantly be ramped up until there is nothing left. Uh, there's an old saying, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind, and that's exactly where we're headed. So if we start looking, I'm trying to pull it up here. All right, I'm going to uh, share another screen here. So here's a perfect example of the threat severity. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, the threat severity and the uh, terrorist categories. And the higher your threat severity, the higher our reaction is, and the higher the um, reaction on a global scale is, and it just continues to ramp up. And that's kind of where we are, and this is what actually we want to come in right around here, where this is where our desired end state is, before we escalate. Now, unfortunately, we continue to escalate here. If we had a different policy, we would actually have mitigated the entire Al-Qaeda effect. Unfortunately, we played right into their hand. And this is exactly what we were talking about, where uh, our actions are the exact and direct reaction that these governments are, or these organizations, not governments, but these organizations are playing us to. So we've been talking about a lot of terminology. We've been talking about a lot of different aspects. And it, like I said, it's an extremely difficult topic. We have a situation with terrorism. We have a situation that is escalating. Our policy isn't working. We are facing a form of terrorism that we've never faced before. A form of terrorism that is our creation. Their recruitment ability is based largely on our continued action. Can we stop our action tomorrow? No. In, however, the immediate reaction that we need is to scale back. We need to start pulling back. These terror threats, these terror organizations such as ISIL, have grown to the point where 
we need to take them out. They're our creation. However, we cannot take them out with the force and the blanket attacks that we are doing because we are increasing the power of ISIL by doing so. We are threatening our allies. If we turn a blind eye to it now, we will be leaving a lot of the infrastructure that they have in existence for years to come. It took years to build and it will take years to dismantle. But if we stop immediately, they will slow their recruiting. They will eventually fizzle out. The amount of years that this will take will most likely have larger financial ramifications than an immediate scale back, stopping all drone strikes going back to targeted attacks, taking out whatever heads of ISIL or other terrorist organizations, special forces would be heavily utilized in this. And whittling away their power while ensuring a minimalization of destruction of lower levels of ISIL. You have to remember that they're recruiting from organizations or regions that are impoverished. They are struggling to feed themselves. If we take away the impetus for them to fight, which is the destruction of their land and their belief structure, and our rhetoric starts to come back to normalcy. We will be doing more to eliminate their lower ranks. And if we continue having targeted strikes against key members, and I'm not saying assassination, because that's a term that is very poor. But the strikes have to be targeted to key members. So assassination without actually saying assassination. We'll take away their mouthpiece. We take away their mouthpiece. We're also going to be hurting their recruitment. These are ideas that are not necessarily libertarian. And I will be totally honest with that. We need to bring troops home, which is very libertarian. We need a reduction in our military force, which is very libertarian. It's the targeted strikes that are not. Because we need to be worried about a global economy. 
and the shortest path out of the woods from all research and all studies that have been done would be targeted strikes against the leadership. And leaving the overall structure of the lower aspects of the terrorist organizations completely alone because due to their economic policy or their economic need, they would not maintain the fight. It's not easy. It's not the answer that a lot of people want to hear. There are a lot of people on both sides of the more extreme of the coin. There are people that want to bomb that entire region until it is gone. There are a lot of people that want to just pull back and allow the problem to go away. The problem is of our creation. I hate to say it, but throughout the 80s and 90s, we set up, we created the training. We created a foreign situation that led us to this eventuality. After all the research that I've been doing, this is the most logical conclusion. It's not something that will be going away soon, no matter which way we go. But our current path of counterterrorism will lead to a spiraling effect that is devastating. The extreme other side will eventually resolve the conflict, but it will take decades. We must not arm or train marginalized groups again in the future. It is a mistake that we must learn from. Our allies must be governments, not extreme religious groups. There is no other way to cut that. I don't know what else to say. Because it's difficult. You can look at so many different aspects. And if you try to lump terrorism, old terrorism and new terrorism, and try applying old terrorism techniques or rationalize the existence of new terrorism using old terrorism motivation, you will come up to a result that leads you to hard counter-terrorism tactics. If you use old terrorism response methods, you will have a protracted terrorist or new terrorist existence. 
We are fighting a new beast. There's no other way around it. And to think that old terrorism and new terrorism is the same is laughable. We need new ideas. We need new strategies. And we cannot rely on blanket technology that we are creating today to solve our problems. We must thread the eye of the needle. That's all I have to say on that. As always, my opinions, my statements do not reflect the Libertarian Party. As always, if you think I'm an idiot, I want you to tell me so. I'm sure I'm going to get quite a few on this one. Uh, from both sides, actually. But I hope that you found this informative. I hope that you found some information you didn't know. Or maybe your opinion on the matter has been changed. If you feel like what I've said has resonated with you, tell me that too, please. I want to know that I'm making a difference, or at least to one individual out there. And I appreciate it. And I will see you next week on Liberty's Lantern. <laughs>